Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get on to this next episode, I just wanted to take the chance to tell you guys something very quick. No, this is not an ad. Uh, I need the ad money, though. Anchor, shoot your boy some more ads. No, I just wanted to let you guys know that I decided to record this episode outside, around nature, and, you know, I was so into it that I didn't notice that, you know, the crickets and the flies and the pelicans or whatever was outside flying around, they all wanted to be a part of the episode, too. So when you're listening to this episode, if you do not enjoy the beautiful sounds of nature in the background, then you have to skip it and we'll pick back up on the Friday show or next Wednesday or whatever. But if you do listen to it, try and cancel that out because this is there's some good quality content in this episode. So I look forward to picking back up with y'all on the next episode. Y'all enjoyed this episode and I will holler back at y'all. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the highly unprofessional podcast i am your host the nature boy Woo! we back for another week baby back another week uh ain't no stopping the train man ain't no stopping the train uh first before we get into the show before we get into the show man i want to not only give a shout out but send a thank you to um uh, one of my listeners, one of my new listeners, um, his name is George. I am not going to try and pronounce your last name, brother, because I don't want to butcher it. Uh, but George is from, I believe he said, Western Canada. So uh, we're getting a little bit of, you know, worldwide, worldwide listens, because I also have a listener in France, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, yeah, so George sent me a voicemail, which you also can do through the Anchor app. And, you know, he left me a very spirited message um, about my uh, stripper rapper episode. And, you know, I just want everybody to know, I don't care what you have to say. I don't care what you have to say. If it's, you know, it came, hey, man, you said something and... You made my day or you made me laugh or if it's something, you know, that you didn't agree with and you want to say, hey, Akeem, you you asshole, whatever, whatever. That's totally fine Um, because I sent a uh, voice message back and it was kind of strange to have kind of like an exchange with somebody um, through a voice message system on Anchor. So that is another cool feature that Anchor has. Um, you know, people can kind of leave, leave you, I guess you could say kind of like a live comment right through their voice messaging system. And, you know, it's cool to be able to connect with people like that. Um, but yeah, man, George had a little quick, uh, exchange, exchange a couple messages and, you know, it's very encouraging. I wasn't, you know, anywhere near like wanting to quit or do anything like that 
but it is motivating to um, have a listener, somebody who you don't know, somebody you've never met or seen before to reach out and to engage with you. And, you know, not only engage with you, but, you know, leave you a com, leave you like um, comments about why they love your show and, you know, why they agreed or disagreed with something else. Um, and, you know, George made this point that, you know, he didn't agree with and stuff that he did agree with. And he also said, which is what I want my audience to be is, you know, people who will say, I agree um, with some of the stuff you say, but I don't agree with everything you say, but I don't want you to change nothing about it because that's what brings me back to the show. And hey, man, look, I would love to have, and I'm going to keep working to have an audience of, um, of, you know, 50,000 or whatever, but I want a real 50,000. I don't want some celebrity to be bored on the plane or something and they just somehow, some way, um, happen to catch the highly unprofessional podcast and, you know, put it up on Twitter or put it up on Instagram and say, go check this episode out. And then next thing I know, I have uh, you know, two or three hundred thousand people who listened to one episode and a couple people who subscribed or, you know, followed me, follow my Instagram page or whatever, because it was a trendy thing to do and then never show back up again, because that's how a lot of people go viral. Like, you know, they might uh, a celebrity will um, say, man, this was funny. Y'all should go check this out. And a million people go check it out, but you know, only a handful stick around. Now don't get me wrong, it works out for a lot of people, but a lot of those people, um, for example, I follow a guy named Ha Ha Davis, and you know, there's dozens and dozens of people who've gone viral and you know, it's blossomed into something else, but it's the backstory of what happened before they went viral. Now, if that's the case where I've built up a small uh, audience or what I consider a community and, you know, I have my core people and, you know, something like that happens, then, hey, cool. If I get to my, you know, however many thousand and, you know, we have great exchanges like me and George did and it's organic and it's real. And then, you know, somebody just so happens to find it and say, hey, man, this guy putting in work. You have to go check it out. Then, hey, I'm all for that. You know, bring bring the numbers more, more exposure than, you know, more opportunities. Um, you know, having an exchange with somebody like that makes me want to uh, reach out some more because I will say this in the last couple of weeks, I have slacked off on, you know, reaching out. I still have a handful of people who have agreed to come on. But, you know, some people want to do it live. Um, and I, and you know, and that has its advantages. It, it does. Um, instead of talking over the phone, because, uh, when you're talking back and forth on the phone, you can't really read each other. Right. And you sometimes cut each other off. But for the most part, I've had great experiences doing it in my short, 
you know, time of doing this show. Um, and I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, once again, man, shout out to you, George. And, you know, I want to continue to bring this. Uh, I want to continue to get better because much like my trading career, I believe that my um, Instagram is, you know, in the infancy stages, very, very early in the infancy stages of what the possibilities could be. You know, hey, if what I see as a pop, very, very real possibility um, in my uh, career as a trader, uh, when that happens, then, you know, I'll be able to broadcast from anywhere. You know, maybe I'll be able to go uh, to a lot more, you know, set up interviews and, you know, kind of like vacation and see new places, work at the same time. And, you know, both as a trader and doing my podcast and, you know, I'm excited, man. I am excited. It's like a breath of fresh air getting some feedback like that because that is the only thing that was missing was having, you know, at least one person to, you know, acknowledge me and say, uh, yay or nay. It didn't matter. I just wanted a yay or a nay. And, you know, I, I finally got that. And... Uh, that that led me to this because what's so strange is I was telling my wife that um, the other night I had a dream. And usually I don't remember dreams, but this one stuck out where something that happened in the dream. It stuck out. And I was like, maybe I should save it. So, uh, you know, if and when it comes true, then, you know, I want to be able to share that story but uh in the dream you know i was talking to like a panel and i don't know if i was you know a guest on somebody's show or you know if i was just doing like a, a live q a or whatever you know you know you know how I like the little panel talks somebody as a guest speaker shows up and speaks to a crowd you know how that goes but you know somebody asked me about you know what did you what did you do um, to reach your success with your show or, or whatever the question was. It was somewhere along those lines. And the thing that stuck out to me that I said that I remember is, you know, no matter what, I showed up each and every Friday, uh, Wednesday and Friday. And I have no listeners. I showed up Wednesday and Friday and I had no listeners. I showed up Wednesday and Friday and I had no listeners and I showed up Wednesday and Friday and I had no listeners and I showed up Wednesday and Friday and then I had some listeners and I showed up Wednesday and Friday and then I had a community and that stuck out to me and I was like, man, I wonder why, you know, why would I dream something like that? Because, you know, I'm not down on myself i'm not down on the podcast you know as long as uh humans keep humaning there'll be something to talk about for somebody like me so you know i i don't know 
where the dream would come from. But, you know, I do think, and this is just me, I do think that people can have experiences that foreshadow where they will be or what will happen. I I wholeheartedly believe that. And I don't know if this is a foreshadowing or if I was just watching somebody talk. And, you know, I just happened to have a little silly dream that, you know, mentioned me. But it was how I think, you know, regardless of uh, how many, how big my audience is compared to somebody else. I'm going to continue to show up each and every Wednesday and Friday, no matter what. So anyway, man, let's move on. Man, you know, I am a, much like a lot of the world, I am a Marvel Universe junkie, and I just couldn't wait to see, you know, what happened with the, um, what, what was going to happen with, you know, Phase 4, what's coming up in Phase 4, what's coming up in Phase 4, and, you know, we got it, man. We got some, um, you know, we got some big news, uh, some movies that we knew were coming out. But, you know, you wanted to see who all was playing in them and uh, stuff like that. And number one, um, man, you know, the guy, gosh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get his name wrong. Uh, he plays on the show ATL and he's going to be um, playing in the movie Eternals. But, man, he's kind of having, like, a meteoric rise. His name is, like, Brian Tyree something. Gosh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm messing the brother name up. But, you know, he's having a big, like, meteoric rise. Um, but I don't know if people knew this or not, but when all the Marvel movies were originally, um, who were they with? Were they with Fox? I believe whoever they was originally with, you know, uh, they had the rights to most of the people. And, you know, they didn't think in terms of how like Kevin Feige thinks in and creating a um, Marvel Universe. Right. And, you know, we had the their first attempts and they had huge actors, too, man. So they went after you know, uh, Electra, and it was trash, and they put Ben Affleck as Daredevil, and it was trash, and, you know, they had several attempts with the hook, they had, uh, um, well, the guy who plays him now, Mark Ruffalo, who is the best version of the Hulk, um, I can't remember who it was beforehand, but I know that company still owns the rights and which is why we haven't seen a Hulk movie. But, you know, I have kind of like a sneaky suspicion that, you know, a Hulk movie could be coming up because, you know, I don't know if people know this, but that was only half of the announcement. They are saving the other half, for, I believe, um, next week at another event. So. You know, that's what you'll find out because, you know, we didn't hear about, um, uh, what was the movies they left out? 
we didn't hear about what guardians of the galaxy um who else i i'm not i i believe they're gonna uh announce another spider-man um you know whatever collective movie that they decide to do uh you know the uh intergalactic version of the um avengers or whatever uh so there's still a lot of a lot of stuff but man them casting like what what the the one the one hit that they did have with the original run of marvel movies was blade right like blade was you know kind of the the anti-hero movie and you know we were like well how do you replace uh somebody like wesley snipes as blade and then how do you incorporate a blade into the marvel into the mcu um because because you know uh i'm not sure if a lot of people know this or not that blade was a or is a part of the mcu and you know it's it's a gory movie it's um you don't you're not gonna you're not used to seeing that type of violence or you know we've seen people get killed in the uh mcu but we haven't seen you know vampires sucking somebody's blood or whatever so you know that'll be that'll be interesting but there is uh rumors that well i, I well no it's it's a it's confirmed that uh morbius michael morbius uh is coming to the mcu but you know we're we don't know if it's going to be something similar along the lines of what deadpool is to where yeah he is but he isn't a part of you know the main mcu and there's also rumors that you know deadpool will in some some form of fashion cross over into the mcu we don't know yet but you know there's a lot of rumors there's a lot of leaks but you know they cast um is an is a name mahershala ali as blade and when i'm telling you like a name that you know probably wouldn't have went off in people's heads because i know a lot of people were saying you know are they gonna bring um if they do do a blade movie are they going to bring wesley snipes back and i believe that you know um there were three blade movies originally the first two were really good the last one was you know eh. but um i believe you know wesley snipes knows that he's done his dude his the the blade um franchise justice and you know he'd like to see it passed off to somebody else and if you could have passed it off to anybody and i don't even think people were thinking this but when everybody saw him walk out because that was the very last one that they announced and he put on the hat which i, I mean the people started cheering but i like y'all don't see that damn uh blade on that hat they had to show it up on the screen for everybody to know but uh yeah when they showed that like it was one of those things like wow that's a grand slam but nobody was thinking 
as you know that should be the person who plays blade but yeah you know they they um i know that the disney plus if i don't know if you can order it ahead of time or whatever but you know it picked up a couple hundred thousand maybe million uh subscribers uh this week because you know having a show having shows that tie in directly to the MCU to the main universe right and affect what um what happens in the movies is a big deal like that's a big risk number 1 but if that pays off man you are doing you are really really setting trends you're really setting trends and I'm excited man I am really excited um you know it's almost football season here in America uh and I'm gonna talk about last chance you on the um Friday show uh because this was this season this new season was the realest one out of all of them right like there was nothing fake about none of the other seasons but this is this season you got to see what 90 percent of people who attend junior college as a student athlete go through right like you got to see what most of the schools are um they have when they really hit home for me was you know people in the community complaining about you know the athletes or whatever um that i'll share with you guys and you know the athletes making up the majority of the college because i attended a junior college played football in quincy california a small one and you know just to kind of give y'all a example of what i mean by small so the biggest community colleges which uh, most of them are in the Los Angeles area, but uh, Mount Sac uh, Community College has 60,000, or at one time has 60,000 full and part-time students, right? Six zero, 60,000. And you know, that was, I'm sure, I'm sure the number fluctuates and goes up and down, but you know, on a consistent basis, I'm sure if you go on the website right now, you can see some anywhere around at least 40, 40,000 full and part time students. Uh, if you go on like Wikipedia or on there, wherever you can find how many people attend a school. But, you know, you compare that to a school or community college like I went to at uh, FRC, which had. Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, around a, less than a thousand around a thousand i don't even think it was a thousand but uh you know at, at least a couple hundred and most of it is made up of athletes and you know there's a lot of people who take um classes who are adults right there are people who take classes online so that's how you get that number if you are on campus every day at least back when i was going you know, you're not going to see a thousand. You're going to see a couple hundred when the campus is really packed, a couple hundred. And most everybody's out there is 
there for athletics or um, was it we out for us? It was the equine program. So, uh, yeah, but to have on the show the locals in the community complain about there being so many kids from out of state and all that, like I really felt that. And not that, you know, we had a big problem or whatever, but, you know, you you remember, you hear things and, you know, them complaining about, well, they used our tax money for this. Now, we didn't have that problem, but, you know, they complained about them using their tax money to build the stadium and all that. And, you know, the coach over recruited a bunch of kids like he said he had a football team that had almost 200 kids on it in college and why would you do that but the thing that you find out later in the show is their campus uh houses i believe it said you know there's enough for 350 students to stay on campus number one that's sad because that shows you how small it is but number two is you need at least that much on campus paying tuition in some kind of way just in order for you to uh, keep the doors open, right? And, you know, the football team was providing most of it. And to have people just be blinded by their ignorance and all that on this show was amazing. It brought back a lot of memories, and I really enjoyed the season, man. Regardless of how it ended or, you know, what type of my reservations about the coach or whatever. Hey, look, I enjoyed it because, you know, it was it touched home with me. So we're going to take a quick break and I'll check back in with y'all. All All right, man. So um, we're back and. We're going to get back into touch back on this Marvel thing just really quick. Um, What I'm going to say is probably not like a politically correct thing to say or, you know, people might get offended and say, oh, shouldn't say that. Um, It might push buttons or whatever, but I mean, it's just how I feel, man. So, uh, like I was saying, uh, you know, they had all the announcements and people were really excited. And, you know, you kind of have to uh, go on YouTube and or, you know, find information from people who actually attended and, you know, heard everything 100 percent. Or they have, you know, all of the information so you can hear every little detail. And, you know, that's what I did. So, um it was reported that uh, obviously, you know, they had the whole thing in the last movie, the Avengers Endgame, where they wanted to give the um, women their chance to shine uh, in the final battle, which was cool, man. It was a really cool scene, right? You got to, you didn't just hide them in the back of some or show them one on one. They all came together. And you got to see everybody work together, but showcase their own individual uh, strengths. And, of course, you know, uh, when Captain Marvel came out, you had a bunch of cucks on the uh, Internet who, uh, for whatever reason, were mad 
about uh, Captain Marvel and, you know, some people who didn't even know that Captain Marvel in the comic books was changed to be a woman. And, you know, they said, oh, it should be a man and all this. And I'm like, you idiot. It was a woman when they wrote the damn comic book. And, you know, obviously um, the young lady has stuff to say, uh, the voice of opinion about stuff that's going on in real life because, you know, Captain Marvel is fantasy. You know, it's entertainment. She still has to, when they cut the lights off, she has to go home every night and be a woman in America, right? In the United States. And, you know, if you're black, if you're a woman, uh, it's not always, or, you know, most of the time, America's not friendly to you, or the United States is not a friendly place for you. So, you know, you had a bunch of people who were voicing their opinions and, you know, they were displeased with her and we're gonna protest and move and all that. Then you had a bunch of ignorant people a couple years ago who, you know, thought the Black Panther was a movie about Huey P. Newton and all that. That's stupid as <laughs> shit. They thought the Black Panther was so, you know, when I was living in um when I was living in Mississippi, which is only a couple couple months ago. But uh, you know, a couple years ago I remember getting off work and I saw that you know, people, when when the movie came out, I'm saying a couple years ago, when the movie came out, I remember getting off work and seeing that uh, people in Brookhaven, Mississippi had protested outside of the movie for, you know, folks not to go in. Now, I, my friends, have attended that same movie uh, more than one occasion. And uh, when I saw the clip on the news of them protesting. <laughs> I said, uh, man, I only see seven people who are out there protesting. So I like number one, that's about like, well, you know, maybe there's more. But no, it was only about seven folks. And, you know, I started uh, reminiscing on my my times in that movie theater. And there's only about 50 seats, only about 50 seats in there. So, you know, I don't know exactly, number one, who went out their way to go to the Brookhaven Cinema uh, out of all the places you could have been. You know how uh, a movie theater in a, you know, a normal sized city, the you, you have to walk up the stairs. The movie theater, you know, goes up, it elevates. Right. So they have the seats on the floor right in front of the screen and then you walk up the stairs right that way you can get a good crisp view of the screen and um at the one in brookhaven <coughs> excuse me at the one in brookhaven it's just a flat floor like <laughs> you sitting behind somebody in the chair right you might as well bring your own chair honestly that's what they should do, unless they done updated it since I done been there the last time. It's a flat surface, and they just got chairs, rows of chairs behind each other. I believe there's maybe a slight incline, a slight incline. But to me, it looked like they just do good to, you know, sell you a ticket and let you bring your own lawn chair or a, bl a blanket to sit down on the ground on or whatever. And they do just fine. But, um... 
yeah back to the point i was making though <clears throat> so uh yeah marvel likes to address a lot of issues um that are going on in the world today and i believe you know uh in the context of when you worked it in with you know captain america and, and you know the corruption in the government or whatever you have you know subtle little things right there that's cool man but um when you make in my opinion when you force unnecessary details in uh to me it's kind of like you're you're trying to cater which you should try and cater to the audience but when i mean cater to the audience you should give us cater to us with your effort right so when you're writing the script don't shortchange us on the script don't just turn in anything if you know it's not your best we'd rather wait uh you know five years on a great movie as opposed to waiting for one for a horrible movie because that ruins the whole universe right and which was what was i appreciated so much was after the first two thors they're like no we have to get this character right we have to get this character right and they decided to give it a comic edge and they took their time and they took a chance and it worked right so um yeah like i was saying you don't have to force unnecessary things in there just because you know the climate of the world is to uh it's to speak around a lot of stuff right so you know example in america uh you have all these movements and you know everybody wants to have a voice and you know which everybody should right i i believe you know if if it was truly if if the, if america was truly equal then you wouldn't have to have all these groups you wouldn't have to have a bunch of movements you wouldn't have to have a bunch of different you know uh government groups or whatever you need none of that because it's understood everything we're all on equal footing which i should be but it's not so uh to me um well let me say this so uh I found out that, um, you know, if you didn't know from the uh, from Avengers that now that Thor has gone on uh, into space, that um, uh, Valkyrie is now the, the king of Asgard or whatever, right? And that's, that's great. That's cool. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to do a move with her and, you know, they have great chemistry because they did men in black together. So, you know, we, of course we want to see both of them and as much stuff as we can. Right. But, uh, to say that, you know, randomly, um, that she is, uh, she's, I say gay. If you, if you like somebody the same sex then you're gay to me but you know they said she's lgbt whatever else is added on and you know forgive me for my ignorance for not knowing all the letters in that but you know she 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 likes women um 
to me, that was to say that or to add that plot point in, it's kind of like, you know, well, let's make sure we're not losing out on any, um, let's make sure we're not losing out on any money or anything like that, right? And I'm like, I mean, if the movie's good, then, you know, it shouldn't matter uh, whether she's gay or straight or whatever, because I don't believe anybody went to the movie saying, man, I wonder if Valkyrie likes women, right? Like, I don't. I don't I didn't care. I thought she was it was badass when I when I saw her. Uh, it was funny like seeing her and the Hulk and all that in their relationship and uh them growing that bond with Thor and all that and them be- becoming the revengers and all that type of stuff. I thought that was funny. That's what I paid attention to. Like I don't even think about like Thor's love interest, which they said is supposed to be coming back. But um and, and the Thor 4 movie that they announced. But, you know, like I said, I didn't care about none of that because, you know, growing up in the 90s and, you know, for people who grew up on back, like a action movie, like if you think back to a Steven Seagal movie, right? And, you know, I'm not like a big Steven Seagal fan or nothing, but a St- when you went to a Steven Seagal movie, you knew that it was going to be some bad karate and <laughs> it's gonna be some horrible karate. You're gonna see Steven Seagal in the same outfit he had in in the last movie. His jeans are gonna be tight as hell, and he was going to beat the unnecessary hell out of somebody. But that's what you knew you were gonna get. You weren't going there to feel like, hey, I wonder if I wonder what's uh, Steven Seagal's political stance, or I wonder what's his thoughts on nuclear war or whatever like that no you want to see some tight ass jeans and some bad karate right uh you know when you when you watch tv shows right you you took you took everything at face value but you wanted to see the comedy when you watch sitcoms you came back for the comedy right and then yeah they might they might address issues here and there but they didn't force issues and uh Maybe it's just to me. Maybe it's just me. And I, I trust me, I didn't overthink it because I didn't think about it a lot. But I was like, I'm going to talk about that. That uh, you you don't have to force stuff like that. Like, you don't have to force sex scenes or nothing in shows or whatever like that. Um, I'm more than sure that now that they did this, that, you know, and, and it will be perfect to do it in the X-Men that they're going to, at some point in time, introduce a um, a transgender person in there, right? And, you know, think about how many shapeshifters are in the, in the mutant world, which, hey, look, I'm, fi- I'm totally fine with that. But regardless of what they are, if they are, do you have to say Right, like if we watch the movie and we see it, we'll be like, "Hey, man, that's a transgender." But they're doing a great job, though. And then you keep on enjoying the movie. But do you have to say, do you have to overly force it? Right, like, "Hey, look at this. This is that." Right? Do, do you, am I making my point? Like, you don't have to tell us 
the obvious, right? You didn't have to tell us, like, if she would have got with a woman or whatever in the movie, um, then cool. But for him to say that, I'm trying to figure out, like, is it going to be something that she's struggling with coming out in the movie or something like that? Like, you made that point for a reason, right? So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, was it was it against the law in in the old Asgard? And, you know, instead of us, you know, seeing some some funny, badass, you know, buddy cop time, because that's what their relationship is now. And they fit, figured a buddy cop thing. And, and that's what we've been missing in movies lately is some good buddy cop action. But, you know, when Axel Foley and Taggart. And, you know, uh, the other guys from Beverly Hill Cop, when they were there, we, we weren't worried about Axel Foley's, you know, getting his dingling sucked. We just wanted to see him in some dirty Reeboks, uh, making some funny jokes, doing some funny in, in, imitations. Uh, like my favorite, my personal favorite um, uh, thing from Beverly Hills Cop was when he act like he was drunk and walked in there like, Philip. Is that true? <laughs> that was my favorite scene. Uh, one of my favorite series that Eddie Murphy did was Beverly Hills Cop. Very funny. I actually have a pair of those dirty Reeboks in my closet right now. I call them, that's them Axel Foley's. So, uh, yeah, you know, we weren't worried about, like, what was his love interest. This is an action movie. So, you know, I don't want them to start bringing in, like, they... They bought in the thing in, um, in Black Panther at, at for, uh, I believe, one of the uh, post-credit scenes where they said, you know, we're going to open up the borders of Wakanda for, for everybody. And, you know, whatever. They made, you know, kind of a, took a shot at Donald Trump. I thought it was unnecessary. I honestly did. Like... Again, this is a this is a fictional world. It's a fictional world. So if you want to fictionally do something, if you're gonna take that route, then if you open up the borders, then are the white people who come in going to try and take over? Because that's the history of the United States, right? That's the history of Africa. Right, and we can't all pretend like we don't know this. So if you open the borders, are we gonna see that? And since it's fiction, or, or am I as a black person going to get to see us, you know, whoop some ass and you know not not allow our not allow the motherland to be taken over? Right, like me saying that, me saying that sounds dumb. It sounds dumb. I mean, personally, I would enjoy it, but it sounds dumb to say because it was dumb to bring up. It was unnecessary to bring up, in my opinion, right? It was an unnecessary forced issue. It was an unnecessary forced issue. So I don't want Marvel to get away from great writing because the people who write the scripts are, you know, well, I have to take this scene out because... Marvel is notorious for shooting, you know, multiple endings and multiple post-credit scenes and, you know, having different fights that never make it to the light of day 
or never make it to the screen, right? And we hear about it, and, and you know, it, it creates a bunch of, you know, great what if moments or whatever like that. But, you know, I would hate to hear we missed out on the scene because they had to put in another scene to cater to a group of people, right? Like this movie is not gonna help you with your issue. It's just not, it's not, I'm sorry. Right, I'm sorry if you, if you didn't know that or not. This movie coming out, whatever your issue is, right? Like, let's say if they bought in a movie, they they bought in a character, they bought in a character, and let's say it was another woman character because there's a lot of women characters and there's a lot of attractive women characters in the MCU. So you know, let's say there's a character who have multiple sclerosis right if they had handyman in the movie anybody who know who used to watch uh in living color know who handyman was so let's say they had a female version of that and everybody at the end of the movie they beat the bad guy or whatever and everybody's on the beach and all the women are in their bikinis or whatever and then the character with ms she puts on her um she puts on her, <laughs> she has her bathing suit on and they overly show, uh, they overly show her having fun and trying to make her look sexy, right? But she's got MS though. Is that supposed to make you as somebody with multiple sclerosis? I hope I'm saying that right. Is that supposed to make you feel better about your condition? Cause it's not gonna make it any better. Right. It's not going to it's not going to all of a sudden heal you. Right. Maybe it'll make you go to the beach and, you know, put on your bikini or whatever. But everybody at the beach would be like, man, that's somebody who has a, a physical and mental ailment. And they, you know, they look a little they, they got their bikini on like it's not going to stop people from uh, looking at you or. Uh, you know, I know people want to feel as normal as possible, but it, it it'll just make people pity you even more. Like it's not helping your, it's not helping you out none. So again, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what are, what are we getting at by putting in all these extra? Hey, yeah, this movie's coming out. By the way, this is what's gonna happen, right? This is what's gonna happen here. I'm waiting on people to bring something up about uh spider-man were there in a interracial relationship right they i i've i've seen a couple comments it wasn't as big of an issue and i say it wasn't as big of an issue because uh zendaya is is mixed if i'm not mistaken and um it's a little bit more accepting because you know that she's not fully black, but according to the laws of the United States, one drop of black blood and you're black. So I did see some comments that were like, oh, oh in the comic book, Mary Jane was white. What happened to what happened to that? That's why I like the old Spider-Man. Like I saw people talking about the, the Tobey Maguire version of Spider-Man. Personally, I think this is the best most accurate version of Spider-Man. And I do believe elements like that played a fact into it because 
they couldn't really give and these are big youtube channels they just couldn't really give a great example of why like you know the spider-man that we all enjoy was a student the teenager but the spider-man that we were seeing was a grown man and yeah i mean it was cool because it was spider-man at the time but comparing the two this version of peter parker it's actually like he actually is a young man in real life but you know it's not like a 30 year old trying attempting to play a teenager because i'm 30 i don't remember what it's like to be 14. i remember some stuff i did but i don't remember the feelings that i had as a 14 year old because i don't have them anymore right i don't have them in like i'm i'm not i don't have like silly crutches on somebody who i'm nervous to tell right like if i I go up and talk to any woman anywhere about anything, um, you know, and I feel comfortable about it, right? Like I feel comfortable about addressing men about any type of issues or whatever like that, right? But as a 14 year old, I didn't have that, but I don't remember the feeling no more because it was a long time ago, it was 16 years ago. So, you know, yeah, I, I saw people complaining about that but it wasn't like a, a lot of people um and again like i said i don't feel like and this goes for you know the black issues and all that um you know the the big rumor i'm i'm sure it's not a, a rumor i'm sure it's pretty true is you know they're gonna take storm because storm even though halle berry was the uh in the uh, first couple X-Men movies was Storm. She wasn't how Storm was a, a originally written. Um, she wasn't Storm as an African, right? And, you know, obviously uh, there's been leaks that um, in Atlanta they did a casting for uh, a casting call for the role of Storm. Well, what's believed to be Storm where they, you know, uh, are looking for somebody uh who who's either African or can be convincing as an African. And I'm sure they did them in other cities, but I know they did one that was leaked in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. Um, and you know, in the comics, Storm and Black Panther have a relationship. I believe they're married actually. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, let's say if they do like an origin story of Wakanda or, you know, Storm's not from Wakanda. So, you know, whatever part of Africa she's from in the comics or whatever, are they going to show us, you know, something about people not getting kidnapped as slaves or people attempting to get kidnapped and, you know, and sold uh, on a, like in the human trafficking market and, you know, she discovers she has powers and saves a cousin or something like that. They're gonna do that because, or, you know, were they trying to overforce things, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, that's not how it was written in the comics. Maybe that was how it was written in the comic, but will it become like, to a point to where we feel like we're overforcing black issues when we start having both of them interact with each other because in Black Panther, they didn't really do that besides for that post-credit scene, you know, you got to see, how wonderful and techni technically advanced, you know, Wakanda was, and they focused on that. They focused on the character development 
They focus on the world building. They focus on a good script. And I don't want to get back. I don't want us to take a step back moving forward, you know, with the post uh, Tony Stark and Captain America era of these Marvel movies. I don't want us to take a step backwards as far as the screenwriting goes because we're worried about somebody's feelings getting hurt because their cat, their personal real life um, issues are not being, you know, addressed in the fantasy world, right? Like, I, you know, I don't want to see somebody struggling with that because it it wasn't a part of the comics, man, right? Like, it, if 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 everybody, if half the galaxy was snapped away for real, I'm pretty sure you're not worried about who's on the left wing or the right wing when you just saw people vanishing in thin air. I'm more than sure that people weren't worried about that, right? Because at that point, you're just worried about, am I going to be alive? Am I going to survive the snap? And, you know, I, I just saw my child, my newborn vanish because somebody snapped him. I'm sure you're not worried about your political or, you know, your sexual preference or nothing like that at that point in time. So, you know, anyway, um, that's my ignorant point of view on everything. You know, um, I've come to realize that, hey, look, I have a very old school type of way of looking at stuff, but there's nobody, and I mean nobody, who could tell you that um, that I, I made them feel bad. Like, I've always felt like uh, some calling somebody who's gay, calling them, you know, calling them a fag or whatever, I've always felt like that was offensive, even as a young child. Like, even when there wasn't a um even when there wasn't like the whole you know this movement this 2019 this social media driven you know where everybody's uh everybody's opinion is being broadcast around and you know there's no actual solutions to stuff there's just let's have a conversation let's have a conversation let's get the conversation started right let's not get to let's not get to to a concluding point that way we don't have to worry about it because conversations go on and on conclusions conclude right they end that's the end of it this is where this is where we're both going to mutually agree that this is where we're gonna this is going to be the end point right and we're going to both move on and we're both going to be satisfied with it right that we're not we we don't do that we have conversations and you know, we don't really tell how we really feel. We just pretend like we, you know, care and about these issues or whatever. And, you know, 5% of people actually put in work to do something. And, you know, 55% of people uh, work against the 5%. And then the rest of everybody else is like, hey, I ain't going to touch that. I'm out of that. I'm out of that. Right. I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to be ignorant in their face. I'm just going to be ignorant behind their back. Right. And then when the other majority of the ignorance comes around, then I'm not going to be on their side. But, you know, I'm just going to make my bullshit comments and try and play both sides of the other of fence. And, you know, that's where we're at now. And, you know, I am 
and another small group that I'm in none of it, right? Like, I, I'm not here. Don't tell me shit about your voting because it hasn't changed anything. I could care less what you say about me being black and my ancestors um, dying for my right to vote and all that. My ancestors didn't die for the right to vote. They died because somebody racist decided to kill them, decided to lynch them, you know. I actually, uh, I don't know if this is fortunate or unfortunate, but, you know, I actually have heard stories from, you know, family members who are living about, you know, some of their cousins who are brothers or, you know, whatever, who were, I, and I could say a name just, you know, off the top, but, you know, hey, I never got to meet him because, you know, they said he killed himself, but, you know, I've heard uh, from, from really, really reliable sources, I don't know if you get more reliable than this, that, you know, he was murdered. But, you know, hey, when you have, when you have a group of, of hateful people controlling the narrative, then whatever they say, that's how it's going to go. But, you know, did, but did he die for my right to, to be able to walk into a store with, with, with white people? even though they still look at me funny, right? Did he did he die for that? Like, I don't think people got up every day saying, hey, I'm, I think I'm gonna go die today so that my grandkids, my great-great-great-grandkids will uh, go vote. But even after they vote, the person who, <laughs> the person who they didn't wanna win still wins anyway. Or the person that they did want to win, they won, but then in the aftermath, you know, nothing really changed as far as their safety goes, right? Like <laughs> you could you could say, um, and I don't even know why I got on this, but you know, I'm gonna say it anyway. You could say whatever you want to say about the imagery of Barack Obama and blah blah blah, but people, the fact of the matter is. People who look like Barack Obama, his skin color, are still being brutalized. And honestly, it's at a higher point than ever in my lifetime, right? Like, you know, don't tell me about we don't know what was happening in the 90s because I lived in I lived in a poverty stricken neighborhood in the 90s. Right. I moved to Huntsville, which is a nicer city and i always tell people huntsville is a unicorn city in terms of um getting to see uh when you grow up getting to see you know two family black homes but not only two i mean two parent black homes but the thing that i say is unique is you have nice you know mostly black neighborhoods in huntsville you as a you really don't have that nowhere, right? Like, yeah, maybe in Atlanta, um, I'm sure there's a handful, just a small handful of other places around the country, but you know, where you have neighborhoods where everybody's doing good and it's not because they've all been there for, you know, a couple of decades or whatever. No, everybody is legitimately has you know, decent jobs or whatever, and the neighborhood is just mostly black, right? Um, so 
I don't think the imagery of, you know, a Barack Obama and, you know, it's now to the point to where they're rubbing that in our face like, hey, that's your reparations right there. You got to have a black president. Well, we didn't get any laws that says, you know, if a if a cop murders a if a cop murders a innocent black person, uh, innocent black American that uh, and it, it ain't even that they, they have to be innocent. It's that you didn't even make it to court to be tried like they decided judgment right there. Right. Like uh, you were breathing too hard. And you say, well, obviously I was just exercising. Nope, death, bow, blow your brains out, right? Or, hey, you have you look like you was having too much fun. We're gonna choke you to death, right? Why are you drinking your drink? Like, why are you drinking uh, Coke? This is a Pepsi town. Bow, blow your brains out, right? And this sounds ridiculous, but somebody tell me, somebody tell me anything that's made sense like so, like we've literally heard not once but multiple times you know that looks like a big bad dude wow we're gonna kill him wait he looks like a big bad dude and <laughs> you killed him right oh, we done seen people who ain't said nothing laying on the ground and then some cop just pull up speed up in his car and hop out while the you know there's probably one or two cops there who've already gotten him on the ground with the intention of putting him in the car. And then, you know, the real bad guy shows up, gets out of his car running, and he runs and he kicks him, punch him like a football, punch his face like a football. And then next thing you know, a taser gets pulled out because, oh man, he was, he was trying to run away. He was going for my gun. Well, how was he going for your gun if his hands was behind his back with handcuffs on? And he had a taser in him. Oh, you said he was shaking. Well, maybe because there was a couple hundred volts being shot off in his ass. Did you ever think about that? He was shaking because he was getting tased, getting electrocuted. And then you said that he it looked like he was going for your gun, so you murdered him. Right? So, again, you know, it's, it's not something that people like to hear when somebody blank says, oh, I don't like to vote, I don't get into politics or whatever because what has it proven in the last handful of years? Like, you know, every time, every time, like, and it, it's always those people who refuse when you, when you, again, this is why I'm saying that conversation shit don't work. When you try and have a conversation with them, they, nope, nope, blah, 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 blah. nope, nope, uh-uh, because they're so stuck. And their, and their way of thinking is right. And I'm on the wrong side that you can't have a, you can't come to a conclusion like that. So, you know, if you tell somebody that, hey, look, uh, have you ever heard of any of these places, right? And you know, the main one that people like to bring up is obviously Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I believe it's the one we had the most information on, but there was, you know, places in, uh, North Carolina and obviously Harlem and all that that have, you know, been, you know, just look like wastelands now, not because the black residents who live there, but because of the oppressive powers that be have, you know, made declared it illegal to, 
you know, set up or they wrote laws, they made laws up. Just, hey, look, what's the worst thing we could say to make it illegal for them to to uh, depend on themselves and, you know, to to do whatever, right? To to live the American dream, whatever that may be, right? So in Oklahoma, I used to, I told, I remember telling a couple people like this, like, you know, yeah, I, I voted before. I was being, I remember being, this, I voted for Obama the first time. I remember being so excited for that when I was, uh, I was 19, right? I remember being super duper excited for that. And I also remember seeing the division it caused on our football team, not only with the black players when he won, uh, the black players and white players, but the black players and some of the white coaches, right? Like, you know, I wouldn't say it. I could, <laughs> trust me, I could bring on quite a few young men who I played with who could tell you the exact same thing, probably better than me. So, uh, yeah, so um, when you try and tell somebody, like, you know, well, we at one point in time as, you know, black people, we had our own neighborhoods and we said hey look the best thing to do is to let them have their space and we'll just have our space you know even if it's just a little bit that's fine we'll make the best of it and we made the best of it. we had our own doctors and our own schools and all that and in return in return for doing all that for creating your own businesses and your own medical practices and all that uh they even lied about how many people were murdered that day because um, one, the last living survivor said there were like 3,000 people who were killed and you know the, the news and the police or whatever said it was only a couple hundred there were 3,000 people or, or around 3,000 people who were murdered in one night because what? Because you, because the black people weren't depending on you no more. You know, like they, <laughs> they, they had something. Somebody came and said somebody tried to rape her or whatever. She had never even been in that side of town. Those guys were never on her side of town, and that's all it took. Somebody said somebody raped them or did something like that. Some guy's wife who was out cheating on him with somebody else, and he catches her. And oh no, it's a black guy. No, bitch, you a you a hoe. Like that's that's what it was. You a hoe. You got caught. Uh, <laughs> you got caught doing some bullshit, and it resulted in you know maniacs committing mass murder that they wanted to do anyway. They just needed the reason to do it. That I, that that just that just is what it is. So stuff like that. Uh, me hearing. Which is another thing that um, black people, I'm not saying all black people, but uh, black people who don't have sympathy for each other. They want everybody to feel sorry for them with their problems, but they don't want to sympathize with others for them with their problems. Right. Like when I'm good, I'm good. I ain't, you know, hey, man, you you get there. Right. Just, just pray about it. That's what, you know, black people like to tell each other. Just pray about it. And. You know, you don't really try and understand your brother or your sister's pain, right? And the best way to do that, 
Have you ever asked if you're fortunate enough to still have a grandparent, a great uncle, right? A great grandparent that's still living? Have you ever asked them, you know, kind of what it was like? Cause I didn't hear a story from my grandpa. And I'm like, wow, bro. Like, you know, just waking up, it's already scary enough for me. But, you know, imagine if, imagine if like, you know, the, the police now like to pretend like it's all good and you know, like they're not out to do something wrong to you or to, you know, police a stereotype towards you because you are a certain color or whatever, right? But imagine if, you know, just if you ever saw the police or if you ever saw somebody white, they were encouraged, they were encouraged to do physical harm or kill you Right, they were encouraged to do that. And you either had to stand up and, you know, literally fight for your life, or you would have to take it. And not only would they kill you, but <laughs> they would do some of like stuff you like you can't even think of how horrible some of the torture was. Right? Like uh, Elijah Muhammad once said that you can't fathom the depths of evil that this devil uh, has in store. Some, something like that. Something like that. But like literally, you can't like look at, listen to how violent some of these deaths was. Like you cut a guy's, uh, you castrate him, you cut his dick and balls off, right? Then you, um, then you, you tied all his limbs up to horses. And they pulled him back and they snapped all his all his limbs out of joints. Right. Then you tied a rope around his neck and you you pulled on the noose to the point to where he was right. Right. When he was about to die, you decided to set a fire and burn him alive and finish him off. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I I didn't hear awful stuff like to the point to where I, I got to a point to where I didn't want to hear I don't want to hear nothing else, man. So I just stopped asking about it. I stopped asking about it because it's horrible. Like, that's my favorite person in the world, my grandma. And, you know, that's who raised me. And to think that I might have not, I might have not met her. I might not met her because my grandma is a very headstrong person. And, you know, I've heard about her sticking up to people literally Right. Like think about being a black woman sticking up to white police officers in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. Right. So to, to think my my hero, I could have never met her because of something like that. And you're telling me that voting or, you know, something like that, that like that's supposed to what that's supposed to do for me. What is that supposed to do for me? Because it's a. It's, it's participating in a system that didn't intend for us to win in the first place. So, you know, I don't judge people who show up to vote. I don't discourage nobody to vote. When people used to always, and it was the older people in my last job, would always um, say, oh, you going to vote this year? I would always say, well, who all on the ballot then? And now, but why would you get mad at me? But people always used to get mad at me for asking them a question. 
who what's all on the ballot this year i don't know i'm just voting democrat well number one that's stupid number two uh that you know that's stupid and ignorant that goes against what you said that you know how our people died for the right to vote well they also died for the right to be educated right they also died for for you to be able to read right they also died for you to not be lazy and and do all other type of stuff right but you didn't do none of that you just decided you're gonna feel good about yourself and show up and you're gonna vote on election day without doing any of your homework right when you vote on the ballot not only are you voting for a person a mayor a president or whatever you're voting on laws right you're voting on issues that could affect you and you don't even know what they are and and when you show up to vote, the, the thing's not going to describe it to you. It's not. It's not at all. It's not going to tell you, hey, this is what it's about. Right? It's just going to say, hey, we have proposition, whatever, whatever. We have bill, whatever, whatever. Yes or no. And you don't know because you didn't educate yourself. So, again, who who's the ass in the situation me for not doing it and still knowing somewhat what's on the ballot or you who show up every every election you know absolutely nothing on the ballot but i'm gonna vote democrat or i'm gonna vote republican just because and then you could be complaining about something and that same thing you complain about be on the ballot and you vote against it who's the ass in the situation then me or you that's my that's my whole thing about it. So anyway, I want to thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the Highly Unprofessional Podcast. I'm your host, man. I will see y'all back on Friday. I appreciate y'all so much for listening in. Hey, man, look. If y'all want, I I, I appreciate you know people for tuning in. But, man, you know, continue to share it. Continue to share it because, you know, that's how I grow, right? This ain't about no money or nothing because I ain't, you know, ain't like I'm making no money off of it anyway. So, you know, it's about, you know, creating a community and being able to interact with one another. And, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, hearing from George today. And, you know, anybody else who wants to send me a message, again, whatever it is good or it's all good to me but you know if it's you know to agree or disagree with me hey man you can send me a message on anchor man uh, i look forward to hearing from some more people and we gonna catch y'all back on the flip side man peace